to episode 193 of Brutal Battle. All right, there it is. It is Josh Rodriguez from Wine World. I am back. And this is our third one of the recording session. Still sipping on this 50-50 Eclipse that's the Java Coffee one. Mine is done. Um, yeah, I'm almost done with mine. It's really tasty, super tasty. We've had good beers this uh, recording session, which is very fortunate for us. Nice, you never know. like beer. Yeah, and you never know how it's going to go. So, Josh, you had another idea for a topic that you really wanted to delve into, so let's get into it, man. What's your topic? So, I'm going to use the word that my good buddy over here, Carlin, uses. We're going to talk about the juice. <laughs> the juice. Uh, so, what are you referring to as the juice? I want to talk about a style that, and I know most people are not concerned about this, but it's not BJCB categorized. It is not considered That's a true, style of beer, it, and I imagine in the future it is going to become a style of beer. Probably, you know. But it is the uh, mania of the beer world right now. People are going crazy over this. It's the New England IPA. Yep. And um, I, I would like to start. Do I think it's absolutely a tasty style? I think it's. Phenomenal. It's yeah. a beautiful style. Done properly. Yes. Done properly. It's very good. Yes. Yeah, I think it's a really tasty style. But I also feel like it's following is addicted to that style so much that they don't want to venture out the comfort zone of that style. And then I pose the question, what effect does that have on the actual beer culture itself? Right. And I would like to pose an example. And mind you guys, I, I might be right, I might be wrong, but this is just how I feel. Mm-hmm. And maybe you can let me help here. What was the law that was just passed in Maryland for the brewers? The HB12? I didn't keep up on that one. Put me on the spot and I don't know. I do apologize, I, I gotta, guys. I got claim ignorance on that one. I want to say it's okay. HB12, and, and, and what this law poses is that, you know, all these breweries, and I'm not blaming this on the New England IPA, guys. I'm just blaming this on IPAs, period. You know, it, it, I believe it's the HB12. And what the law states is that said breweries have to close at a certain amount of time. Right. And also, they're allowed to make a certain amount of barrels. Right. And it's like 2,000. Now, if they want to make 3000 they have to brew the extra 1000 sell it to the distributor, and then buy it back. Which doesn't make it's just, any sense. It's just utter nonsense. Yeah, that's idiotic. Now, of course, we automatically can go to what's transparently wrong in the situation. It's, it's people with money or whatever, politics. Yep. I'm not allowed to talk about that, but cool. I do apologize. You know, but at the end of the day, I do feel what I feel like is the people that are in control of the politics and the money are older people that never had anything but Bud Light, Yingling, Miller Light, these styles of beer. So when you kind of run into our culture, the IPA culture, that is not the greatest transitional style. There's so many better transitional styles to jump from this bland lager mm-hmm. that are offered in craft beer. You can jump from that lager to a very crafty Hefenbison or an Amber or a Pilsner. Brown ales if a people brown will ales. brew it. A, a, will a, brew an it. American interpretation of a Belgian quad. So with us as the 
populace of craft beer just drinking one style. Mm-hmm. What we're enforcing is an image that this is what craft beer is, IPAs. Mm-hmm. Nothing but the juice, nothing but the bitterness. So, you know, when you have guys that are in power of what can happen to us, they might want to sway to something else. But, man, we're not into that young culture. That beer is disgusting. I'm going to stick to my Budweiser. And, and, and I can totally understand that, you know. But if you were to be like, whoa, that's not it. There's more stuff. Try this. And they're like, holy smokes, he's right. That's some good stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, I, I want to save that small guy. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to push Guinness. You know, because that's all I know is Guinness. I've been drinking Guinness the last 40 years. I'm safe with Guinness. But if I give you something else that's safe to step away from, and like, this is an awesome beer. You guys are right. I do want to save the small guy. And that's how I feel about, you know, IPAs in general. Don't get me wrong. I love IPAs. I drink them. Yeah. But I am not addicted to them. Well, I feel like, okay, so you're talking about it as a, a pertains to the New England style IPAs, which is the hot thing at the moment, for sure. It's but, the, the, the highest extent of it. But before that, yeah. it was West Coast style IPAs. Yes, you're 100% right. And before that, it was just IPA in general. Yes. So I think there's always going to be that hot style, and you're going to have people who just attach to that, and they're like, well, this is what's hot, this is what I'm really liking, and they're going to call that out as like being the it thing. So I think that maybe just at this point in time, we're with these New England style IPAs, um, I do want to uh, feel you on what you're saying where some people do get caught up in it and they think that's kind of like the only thing that should be consumed. Well, one thing to consider about it is the evolution of something like that. You know, initial IPAs had um, significantly more bitterness to them. Well, I mean, initial IPAs were, were like English-style IPAs, which had a lot more like an earthy note to them. They were done with noble hops. There's more pininess, earthiness, stuff like that. Then we went to there was this West Coast style IPA, which started influencing more citrusy notes, more hoppiness, and now we're with this New England style, which is very low bitterness, very juicy, almost like orange juice. Looks hazy. Yeah. It, it definitely um, evolved. You're 100% so it's right. it's an evolution. So for people to kind of say like this is the only style that I want to drink and this is it, like I guess that's fine if that's because it's a personal preference. If that if that's all you really want to drink. But for me, don't don't poo poo other people if they want to drink other stuff. No, no, yeah, definitely. And especially not. if it's other types of IPAs, because yeah. those other styles of IPAs were there yeah. before the New England style, and you wouldn't have the New England yeah. style if it wasn't for those other yeah. styles of IPA. Yeah. Would, would do you mind if I kind of speak upon what I feel like mm-hmm. is the my interpretation of the evolution of IPA. Yeah, go. So, go you know, it. from what I understand, you know, after Prohibition, you know, they took away homebrewing. And you, yeah. you couldn't just homebrew. And that kind of took away the 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 imagination of brewing. You, 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 there wasn't too much to do. And guys, you understand about Bud Light and all that and how they conquered, Budweiser conquered the United States for America for brewing for a long time. Okay. Whatever. So when I believe it's Jimmy Carter lifted the law that you can homebrew again, a lot of these guys that were in the military were in England mm-hmm. drinking these English IPAs. And 
they were phenomenal beers to these guys. Because, I mean, let's be honest, at the end of the day, English IPA is better than Budweiser. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's an extent yes. of craft beer. So, yes. in, in that point in evolution, this was really good beer for these guys. So, they came home and they said, I want to homebrew. Just like us. You know, we want to homebrew. And they had lack of ingredients. And it cost them a lot of money to get that Maris Otter and get that, that uh, Fuggles over across the sea. So what they said was, how do we do this? Why am I spending all this money on this stuff when I got stuff right in my backyard? And they took that concept and they invested into American-style indigenous hops and American malts. But they used the same brewing processes. And they came up with American IPA. And I guess what I'm getting at, that these guys were able to adapt. You know, and it's the same thing we should do in our drinking preferences. You know, adapt, try new things, learn new things. You know, I think it's really, really good for the culture. Well, we on this podcast have always pushed try a lot of stuff. And that's try a lot of stuff as far as styles go. Try a lot of stuff as as far as where the beers are coming from. Try a lot of stuff as far as, you know, styles, as far as, you know, breweries that you think you hate. Like, Charm. things like that, you know. I've, I've definitely on the show done 180s about breweries who I was like, I don't really like that brewery. Try something blind, and I'm like, wow, I actually like that. Done that with styles, too. You know, I don't really like that style. Try it. Oh, but this one's really exceptional. There's always an exception to the rule for always. everything. Yeah. So, yeah, we totally push that with this show. You should definitely try more stuff. So I understand what you're saying about just being like, I'm only going to do this and I'm only going to do this. And um, I'm fine with that if that's what people really want to do. But when they start getting belligerent about it and being mean, being dicks to people about it, like that's where the problem comes in. Most people are not. Most people are just like, I'm going to do my thing, you'll do your thing, your and you're thing right. whatever. And I guess but, I shouldn't get so far into myself in trying to push people into drinking polygamously. Mm-hmm. You know, do what you want. You know, yeah, I, I, just, want. I adamantly feel that, you know, it's really good for the beer culture in itself that you can be able to drink everything. Yeah. You know, because then you can educate the next consumer who doesn't understand why you're drinking this. Upon why to drink. Yeah. And, and and if you only drink IPAs, you can only educate that person on IPAs. That's true. And possibly that person just doesn't have the palate for IPAs. And, and a lot of people are engineered to have tolerances for certain things. You know, and some people just don't have the threshold for bitterness. That's it's true. a genetic disposition. There's nothing you can do about that. And for that reason, I would actually argue that the New England style IPA is a good gateway to get people into IPAs, potentially. It is, because it is a lighter style of IPAs. If people move past that, it's really yes. up to them, but you know, it's it, it can be a good entry yes. point for people getting into IPAs. But in I do feel like there's beers beforehand that can actually oh, transition yeah. you into IPAs, yeah. period. Yeah. You know. So I feel like the elephant in the room has to do with these... New England style IPA can releases, which I don't like. I know I, I, I had like a I had a feeling that that's, like that that's where a lot of this was potentially spawning from. Now, for me, I've thought about that a lot because my initial reaction to hearing that about these can releases was they're can releases, you know, and then and then I seeing how long the lines were and being like, 
why would you wait in that line for that many hours? Now, since then, uh, which was maybe about a year or so ago, I've talked to more people, been in contact with more people who are into what they call line life, which is basically where they like to go uh, and wait in the lines for these types of beers for special releases. And it's not always New England style yeah. IPAs. There are a lot that, are, yeah. that that's the case, but um, just special beers in general. And they use that as an opportunity for a get-together with other like-minded people, which is kind of boils down to something that I've done in my life, horror conventions. I love horror stuff. I go to horror conventions, and you just know that everyone there is going to be like-minded. You can talk to anyone. Yeah. It's so about what you like. And they'll share beers online and yeah. stuff. So I understand that. For me personally, I look at that. Would I do that? Absolutely not. I don't want to spend my time waiting in a line like that. I would like to add right now, at mm-hmm. this moment, I would like everybody for now on to call me the Shelfie King. <laughs> I am the Shelfie King. Only about Shelfie. Yes. Okay. I, I, That's fine. Could I stand in a line? Potentially if I had vacation time at work and, you know, I had a lot of time to drive too far away lands to do so. You know, because it, it, as far as location for me, there's nothing to stand in line for in my backyard. Right. So I have to drive yeah. a good amount of time very early in the morning on my day off to do so. And I just, I really love beer, guys. But, you know, I have other things that I have to do. So, you know, I think as long as people, educated people in stores carry great practices upon beer, you can get phenomenal shelfies. And that's what oh, yeah. most people call them nowadays, shelfies. You know, and there are really good beers out there that are even in the IPA category that I feel like are as good as the New England style IPA, but I don't think people want to understand that they're two different categories. Right. It, it is a different style of bitterness. Yeah. You know, and it's just as good. There are plenty of beers on that shelf that if you get them within that first week, second week, because I, I will agree with most of the people that buy beers from the brewery. That's what they're looking for, the freshness. And, and that's absolutely yeah. agreed, guys. With IPAs, you should drink them at their freshest. Yeah, and that is definitely. that is pretty transparent on that. That is that is a definite perk of doing those releases. Is, that is, is the, the definite, yes. factor. Yeah. Also, I know some people who really feel strongly about the fact that it's giving money directly to the brewery itself. And, and yes, cutting out a that's lot of awesome. the middleman situation. That is good, which too. Which is, you know, that's all good. But then again, you got to think about it, too. There was a time where breweries weren't able to do that. Yeah. And beer is in its evolution or its point in evolution right now because of the liquor store. Right. You know, there was a point where the liquor store did carry craft beer on its back. You know, and, and it feels like a lot of people forget about the liquor store. Yeah. You know, and I think it's still an important component in craft beer. And we shouldn't do away with it. And, and you kind of do away with it with things like just straight up liquor store releases. I mean, excuse me, uh, brewery, brewery releases. releases yeah. And, you know, I, I love those brewery releases. I, I've i tried many of them. I'm like, man, this is so good. Yeah. Unfortunately, I can't get it on my shelf. And that's not cool. You know, uh, you guys shouldn't save your absolute best stuff or even your second tier best stuff. For the breweries. Yeah. You you give out your most basic beers to the liquor store. Yep. And you know, and you forget about a whole group of people 
who still love craft beer. I love craft beer as much as most people who stand in line. I just I just don't have time to stand in line. Right, which comes down to another aspect of this whole thing is money. Time and money. And time is money. So it is, really, very much so. It's about money. Um, what, what needs to be understood, I think, for a lot of people is that there are plenty of people who go to these special releases and they're just like, everyone can do this. You can do this if, if you just take time off work or do this or do that. Everybody's life situation is different. different. Some people don't have the ability to take off work, especially when some of these releases are. The other thing is some people have crazy obligations in life that other people don't have. Newborn baby. Probably the biggest thing is money. Money is real. These can releases are expensive. So it really is a, if you have the money to do it, you can get it. Like with anything in life. to, To add to that, exactly what you're saying the expectations are not even realistic. These beers, guys, are definitely being made by an enormous amount of super crazy expensive hops. Yeah, which you is why I mean? they, it, they it, are expensive it, to purchase. Yes, because the it, it's just dumping a dumb amount of hops in. Yeah, you know, which let's be honest, you know, I talked to a brewer today, and I said, you know, it's easier to make a juicy IPA than it is to make a Hellas Lager. And he said, well, it's not easy to make a juicy IPA. And I said, I didn't say that. But what I'm saying is you can mask most of those off flavors with an Extra enormous hops. amount of hops. Right. I just throw hops in there, and guess what? It's just you covered most of the stuff. Yeah. He looked at me in the eyes, and he said, you're absolutely correct. Yeah. And he makes a Hellas. And he said, you know what? I, you, you really need to know what you're doing to make a Hellas. Yeah. You know, it might not taste as bright as the other style, but in theory, it is ten times more difficult to brew. But, you know, taste buds don't necessarily look care for what's harder that. to make. So, <laughs> taste buds don't care, yes. You know, it really yes. comes down to everyone's preference, which is one of the big things, another big thing that we actually push on the show, which is everything's individual, and if that's what you like, that's what you like. Please go for it. Yes, but my absolutely. big thing would be just be cool to each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. And be cool with each other over a nice glass of beer. Beer. Whatever <laughs> your beer choice Definitely, be. yes. Yes. Yeah, and I definitely don't promote any nonsense or like any arguing, arguing over you know beer. Like yeah. it, it, I the first thing that attracted me to this culture period is how cool people were. Yeah, in general, I really yeah, like cool. that. People were just really cool. You know, another good way to look at it is to you know, and the wife and I, if we were to go out and we went to a nightclub, a lot of times it's like noisy, loud, and yeah. people are stepping on you. You go to a brewery, dude, it's just nice and calm. Everybody's just very, everybody's very accepting and very chill. I, I yep. yeah, so yeah, I agree with that. So the moral of the story is like what you like, but don't be close-minded, especially when it comes to. Other styles of beer, try stuff. You might find something else you really like. And don't be closed-minded about what other people like either. Just say, hey, it's cool if you like that. It's all yes, good. sir. Acceptance, man. That's what the beer community should be about. Overall, I think it is about that. But should be. Yeah. You good? I'm great. All right. Mystery beers. This will be the end, so hopefully it's the best. Best for last is always the best. We got um, a Schwartz beer in here. Both these beers are on the darker end, but we got a Schwartz beer in there. Beer A looks reddish brown. I can I have to hold it right up to the light in order to see through it at all. Do I have the right one, dude? Um, yeah, that's the one. That's the right one, there, dude. The one you're I grabbed right the wrong one. Is a uh, 
Could be a Scotch Ale. I don't know. Could be a Bach. I don't know. We'll see. Could be Schwartz beer, like you said. I don't know. Do we have one? Smells. I'm gonna do this hand thing. Oh, been doing. I smell something very particular. What's that? I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you go. All right. Oh God, I smell something very particular that I really like. <laughs> You're throwing beer all over the place. Your swirl is hard, man. You well, got a hard head swirl. Well, the glass is really big, and I have problems smelling in big glasses, yeah, so I'm trying to get it up there. If you cup it, it helps. And then do that, it definitely helps. Yeah, cup it, swirl it, and then put your nose right up to it as you release. That definitely helps out. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it wow. makes a big difference, right? That makes a huge difference. Yeah. You might have been doing this for like five years. That's fine. Been doing this for five years. So I'll tell you the main thing that jumps out at me. Green ass coffee. Green ass Super coffee. Super green coffee. Never like heard that. Young coffee. Never heard. Oh, I get what you're saying. Oh, it's so good. It smells so good. Do I get much else past that? It's really light on the coffee for me. I'm gonna guess this is a coffee porter. I don't get too much of anything to be honest with you. I get a ton of that coffee. Actually, is there a slight licorice, red licorice note right under that coffee? Yep, and a little bit, little bit of chocolate. It smells creamy to me. Little chocolate. Definitely creamy. I totally agree with that. I got to think this is probably like a coffee porter, but we'll find out. Coffee. So much coffee. All the coffee. So much. Mm. My God. There's a lot of coffee to it, but I actually feel like under the coffee, I get like a dark cherry note, which is kind of interesting. Well, I definitely got it like in reference to cherry. Got like some sharp acidity. Yeah, very the end. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know if it's cherry. It's like almost tart. It is coming off cherry-ish. The coffee is definitely almost cloying. It's on a version where it's It's just, very strong. Yeah, it's apparent. Very strong. And that's what I mean by almost cloying. Honestly, the way this goes together with the that like dark cherry note and the coffee, it almost tastes to me like a coffee bock. Like a coffee doppelbock or something, which I, I don't, think, I don't get enough. I don't think I've ever heard of that, but I don't get enough alcohol for a bock. I don't know. I kind of feel like, I'm and I'll say a traditional bock. You know, I don't know what these brewer intended. You know what I mean? I would peg this alcohol around eight and a half, eight to eight and a half. So then you're saying that it is a bock because bock definitely designates strength. That's how it plays to me. Maybe I'm my palate's being a little bit confused by the bitterness. And I've that. been drinking a lot of strong beer tonight. Well, yeah. not a lot. Yeah, I drank a well, 22-ounce bottle. Yeah, yeah. the uh, Clips 50-50 brewing. I wouldn't say... I like this beer. It's good. It seems more serious to me than what the nose indicated. Definitely roasty, definitely cherry. Tons of coffee. Yeah, Tons that of coffee. cherry to it. 
there's a little bit of a chocolate, but not not a too ton. much at all. And it does seem like I said eight eight and a half ABV. Also, I don't know if you you get this too. It kind of resides in your retro. Like it, the aroma sits on my nose a little bit. Yeah, hanging out in your yeah, nose. It's, it's hanging out. Yeah, sure. I agree with that. I can agree with that. Hmm. I'm gonna have to think about that beer. Slight creaminess. Yes, I agree. Definitely in the body, and, and not like profuse. You know what I mean? Just like, yeah, like it, it, you can you can tell. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting. I got to think about that one. I'm kind of okay. I think I might know what number, but church waking up. So let's go to B. Continue to think about a what we go to B. Uh, looks like a stout. I cannot see through it. I can barely even see anything around the edges. Just I will call this opaque. <laughs> Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is yeah. Can't see anything. See nothing. No. Not much head. A little bit around the edges. That's about it. Mm. Ooh, good God! That dark smell. Well, initially, what jumps out to me is soy sauce and beef jerky. Okay, so you said soy sauce. I was gonna definitely say um... <sighs> smoke. Soy sauce, beef jerky, smoke. This actually smells like a more amped up aromatic version of the Bell's 30th anniversary beer, which we had on our blending episode. Yeah, yeah definitely soy sauce. But... Tons. Soy sauce and jerky. Well, which jerky usually has a lot of soy sauce involved with it, so. There's a definite salinity on the nose. It smells salty, like super salty. It's like a barbecued beer, kind of. Yeah. Smoked barbecued beer. Good God. Where the fuck is this? I get a little bit of like a hoppy citrus note on the very, very, very end. But it's like very fleeting. Very low. But I'm going to taste Absolutely. Oh my God. There's something it tastes like that I've actually had recently. I'm trying to think. Holy smokes, I hate when I have burry farts, man. <laughs> it's, I, do, I do. It's very jerky-like. It's very soy sauce. A lot of salinity to it. Smoke to it. Reminds me a lot of... If you've ever been to like a barbecue joint, burnt ends. And they have burnt ends that you, you can... Yeah. Burnt ends are usually brisket, right? Yeah. Yes, and this is, there's a charcoal, charcoal quality to it as well. A little bit of dark chocolate to round it out. But that smoky, soy sauce, salinity, beef jerky, very dominant. All right, very there we dominant. go. Yes, that's what I've been thinking. I finally came to mind. What you're talking about to me clearly sounds like autolysis. What's up? Autolysis is the, um, typically, and it's not always in this form either, but sometimes the yeast actually decomposes. Okay. And what it does, it explodes its guts out into the beer. You know, like it starts eating itself and it explodes into the beer and you get this very meaty, rubbery, soy sauce flavor. You know, almost jerky. You know what I mean? It's a very yeast-derived flavor. Yes. I'm sorry. I I was digging in my brain for a while. Yeah, autolysis. I don't know how I feel about this beer. And it's almost like like burnt rubbery tire to me. 
Yes. Like yes. very burnt rubbery tire. I can I can definitely see that. Yeah, I, I get big burnt rubbery tire, and, and to me that's a big autolysis. And sometimes I'm very sensitive to it. It's disturbing to me. I, I can't take this. It. This is definitely a very uh, polarizing beer. I would think you either love it or you hate it. Um, yeah. I'm trying to struggle with it because I wouldn't want to drink this beer, but. Do I think that it's well constructed? Is what I'm trying to figure so out. So you remember the Allagash that we were talking about the other day? Uh, the dark sour. Yes. And yeah, the yeah. flavor I was thinking about. That's what I mean. Auto autolysis. It's that very dark, just uh, burnt tire. It's just, I'm so sensitive to this. Yeah, I definitely get that rubber that you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's just like clo- this is, and I said before, almost cloying. This is cloying. This is like, this, you don't get away from this. I can see a situation where people like this. Hickory. Oh, I can't do it. I definitely get uh, hickory. Hickory smoke in there. I feel like this is, this like, the, the theme of this beer is barbecue. Yes. Like, yes, someone's yes. pushing this as, like, there's a barbecue stout, or, like, a barbecue imperial stout. Um, but some, this is definitely yeast arrived, dude. Somebody recently... Was it Duclaw? I think I think Duclaw put out like a barbecue. I have beer a barbecue recently. beer. It's signature to us. Oh really? Yeah, and they also have a hickory smoked beer as well, and it tastes much so like this, but the flavors are lighter. Excuse me, the intensity is much lighter. The intensity on that flavor is high. It's it's medium high because. You can imagine dip flavor can get worse yeah. with time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we let this sit and age, it would get so much worse. Yeah, I agree. Um, but it's smoky in the mouth. Oh, yeah. It's it, definitely it's smoky, so much, dude. So much smoke, so much salinity to it. It's like jerky. Yeah, I wouldn't say on the terms of campfire, but it's campfire-ish. No. Yeah. It's yeah. campfire-ish. I'm not a big fan of that. I got to be honest. Um, especially like the burnt rubber aspect is off-putting, no. and yeah, it's, it's too strong. It's yeah. definitely too strong. Off kilter. You know, when we talk about beers, and I say, I think I said it in the last in the last episode that for one of the beers, all the flavor notes were on the same level. Yeah, this, this is, is a clear right. example where that that's not the case. Things are out competing yeah. yeah. the nicer flavors. And I also would add like umami. It's meaty. Yeah. There's a meaty flavor in there. It's like broth. Yeah. The meaty broth flavor. Yeah. It's like beef broth. Because <laughs> of the jerky. Yeah. It's, it's different, dude. Did they try to rehydrate jerky with this? Is they probably definitely dip their know. jerky in their mash. Well, that's nasty. <laughs> um, I did go back to A, though, and A is still tasting pretty nice. Lots of coffee still. Cherry. I just want to say that. Carlin is much more of a disciplined taster than I am. He at least has one more ounce left oh, I, than, yeah. than his first glass. I, I'm used to taking very small sips because I need to preserve, and that usually comes from the tournaments that we do every like well, every ten episodes. So. I'd be honest with you: the smaller sips you take, the less you overflood your palate. Makes sense. You shouldn't definitely like overwhelm your palate. Yeah, gulps. I'm not chugging. No, you're not. You're tasting. All right. So I have my numbers if you want me to go first or you can go first. I think I went first okay. last time. Let's rotate. Uh, a, I'm going to give a four. I quite, I mean, I like that beer. I think it's a nice beer. I 
I enjoy it. I'm going to drink the rest of that. Not going to drink the rest of B, but I recognize that it's a okay beer. Um, I give it a two. Not huge on B. But A, fun. This is a... It's weighing on you, isn't it? I'm going to do three for first. All right. And one for second. Yeah. I don't I don't like the first one. I'm going to drink the rest of it, though. <laughs> okay. You're still going to do your due diligence. Mm-hmm. All right. So, obviously, the winner of the episode, overall 3.5 is A. Loser, uh, overall 1.5 is B. A little B bit of bacon is, at the end, too. B is the worst beer by far that we've had in this recording session. <laughs> And it's That's in a, hilarious. It's in a can. That is hilarious. Um, I don't like that beer. So, B, the loser overall 1.5 is Terrapin Beer Company out of Athens, Georgia. It's their smoke on the porter. You said smoke, guys. Yeah, so much smoke. Um, smoke on the porter. It's a Baltic porter. Well, I do, I do associate Baltic porters with bees. Licorice. Well, salinity, a lot of like saltiness to it, so that it's that note. But I believe you said licorice as well. Yeah, a little bit of. Did I say that? I think I said red licorice on A, actually. Okay, because I was going to say licorice is clearly uh, defined in the BJCP category. All right, here you go. So this is how the flavors happen. Um, uh, It's brewed with beechwood smoked malt and aged on French oak. It's an old world lager? Well, I mean, it is a Baltic porter. Okay, so I'm going to learn something here. Porter's not an ale? Or ba- porter's an ale, but a Baltic porter's in a lager? Do you mind if I read from the BJCP? Yeah, you can do that. But it did say the flavor notes <laughs> while you looked that up. Chocolate oak, vanilla, dark fruit, caramel. I do not get caramel at all because everything else. Is- Why don't they say smoke in the flavor notes? Yeah. Because it's so there. Uh, 8.5% alcohol for that one. It's All one right, of those so side project beers. Here we go. Ingredients. I'm reading the ingredients from the Baltic Porter category. Generally, lager yeast, cold fermented and using ale yeast as is required when brewed in Russia. Debitter, chocolate, or black malt. Munich or Vienna base malt. Continental hops, Sazir type typically. So it, it it typically uses a lager yeast. Okay. It is it's a misnomer. Interesting. If anything, you know they call it a Baltic porter, but yes, it is a lager. Okay. Very interesting. I I learned I learned something. So let's go ahead and reveal a the beer that we liked significantly more it's overall. Got bacon in it too. Yeah, it's baconish. Um, overall, three point five. The winner of the episode is. Oh, Founders Brewing's Sumatra Mountain Brown. It's an imperial brown ale brewed with Sumatra coffee. I like brown ales. Well, I like Sumatra coffee. I, I like a nice, nicely yeah. made brown ale, and I like some nice Sumatra coffee. What I have so to say is, down. this clearly, because it has the word imperial on it, Yeah, clearly, clearly was not your prototypical American brown ale. Okay, so... Knowing now that it's an, uh, quotation marks, imperial brown ale, if you taste it again, would you pick it out as that? 
Is that Imperial? Absolutely Imperial. not. It was way Brown. smooth. Right, exactly. It, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, apparently bitter. And, and mind you, from my understanding, a American brown ale without the Imperial title is bitter by itself. Yeah. They're supposed to be bitter. Mm-hmm. You know, if, it, one of my favorite beers are the Note from uh, Against the Grain. That was brown, though. Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's very bitter. And, and that's traditionally what an American brown ale should taste like. It should be like a very caramel, nutty, toffee, stout IPA. Sure. Pretty yeah. much. You know, and this was really, really smooth. Yeah. I love the coffee notes in it. Not to say that it was smooth in the way that I like it either. You know what's interesting to me is that I got... I was talking about how much green coffee I was getting out of that beer. Yeah. And I, I just remembered when I was talking about this. Uh, Founders Breakfast Stout. I usually get a lot of green coffee out of Founders Breakfast Stout. It I didn't know what you meant at first similar. when you said green coffee, but I know what you mean, like raw coffee. You want to guess the ABV on this? Sumatra Mountain Brown? Yes. Nine? Yes, actually. It didn't taste like nine to me. Did not taste like nine to me. Which one was in question? The second one. Or was the first one was in question? On the ABV. On the ABV. Yeah. Did I say one. eight to eight and a half? We like got to start writing this stuff down. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, beer gets involved. Start forgetting things. And that's just... I loosely uh, remember. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, cool, man. Um, at least we liked one of the beers on the final episode. So, and we finished off the uh, Eclipse by 50-50 it's on gone. this episode. So, nice. Smashed it 50-50. Awesome. Well, that's the end of the recording session. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Um, I it was love, a pleasure, man. I love your passion. It's I one try of the biggest passionate. things that I love about you. The knowledge and the passion goes a long way. But thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And Josh will tell you, don't forget to... Listen to Brutal Battle. Keep it brutal. Keep it brutal. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production.